Welcome to Nothing You Say Matters. The podcast where two Islandan besties have head first into the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> Who else is here? <laughs> the Vivian is lo- looming over your shoulder. <laughs> hey, Maddie. Hey, Annie. How are you? Uh, <laughs> rounds like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning, and an ever changing wheel, like the something down a mountain on a carnival balloon. Other things is that, uh, you know. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Here we are at the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Maddie, we made it. We barely made it. One of us almost didn't. Don't joke about that. <laughs> One of us almost didn't survive the weekend, yes, and it's I... me. Oh. <laughs> Don't try to take this away from me. Yes, but your lives in Pokemon Sword and Shield <laughs> don't count as almost dying. I was actually almost dying. Bed bound. Had to cancel all my plans. I'm, but I'm here. I'm so sorry that we had to delay our finale review. If anybody had to cancel plans because we were I late just, with the I podcast, did. I had to cancel plans. <laughs> or uh, relationships broke up because you uh. couldn't listen to us in time, we are deeply sorry. Yes, but Send. also aware that nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we are here and we are going to spill all the tea. Oh, let me just have a sip. Uh, I'm just having uh, some uh, hot, hot tea and uh, honey and lemon to help with this head cold uh, or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, the season is officially over. I and know. Uh, Both our season and uh, Drag Race UK. How, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Yes, we are coming to a close for 2020, gentle listeners. Uh, Nothing They Say Matters, our interview series, will... Uh, be returning in the new year, but as it turns out, trying to schedule a bunch of interviews with a bunch of really fabulous, busy people actually takes a bit of work. <laughs> uh, so yes, we won't and be turning And there's the two out. of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we will be back with those in 2020, uh, but we want to give it our all and put some actual planning into it. So we're going to take a little break, recover from covering Drag Race. Yeah, take a long three-week holiday on a tropical <laughs> island, just the two of us together, and in full drag the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think of my outfit today, Maddie? It's for the finale. It's so stunning. The, the fascinator is so big, I didn't even know you can fit into the house. Mm, thank you. Well, it must be looks like this that got me accepted into the second round of auditions for RuPaul's Drag Race UK. <gasps> Ooh. A scandalo. <laughs> well, I mean, getting through that first round was basically just submitting your social media account. Uh, so it's good to know that my uh, Instagram is on fleek enough to uh, make it to the next round of auditions. Apparently so. Do you think we will need to re-edit all our existing episodes <laughs> when well, we got through post-transphobia? Absolutely no intention of actually entering Drag Race. Unfortunately, listeners, I was just trying to get some tea on the uh, next round of questions to uh, report them to you all, but uh, it turns out they were all quite boring. But like, wait, if we get through to the end, are you, you're not going to say no, right? I'm not... I've already missed the application... You had to, like, answer all the questions and send oh, them in. Oh, and, and you then, didn't do it. Well, basically, your f- the first round of auditions was just sending your social media, etc. Then the next round was they sent you out a huge form with tons and tons of questions, such as... Uh, I can't tell if I've, like... If I'm breaking any laws by uh, reporting on this. But our listeners, I think, would be interested to know. Yeah, and also... Uh, 
don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> also, World of Wonder, don't sue us. Yeah, uh, kind of just straightforward things like what would you do for Snatch Game? Can you sing or rap? Uh, which entertainer inspires you? But also things like who's your favorite 70s icon, your favorite 80s icon? Uh, who do you most identify with from previous US slash UK seasons? Uh, what are your personal strengths and what are your personal weaknesses? I'm like, girl, don't tell them that. <laughs> this is a job <laughs> My personal weakness is that I'm... You just can't stop excelling at things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then you had to fill out this huge form with all of this information. It was like three or four pages long. And then send that back really quickly. And then they would send you about the guidelines for how to make your audition tape. And oh, right. Like, and it's where we like, have like 18 looks record yourself doing yeah, three lip syncs do, do three snatch games i don't know i mean i didn't i wasn't gonna i'm sorry listeners i'm not that good an investigative journalist that i was gonna waste time filling out all the sections <laughs> when i had no intention of going on tv and losing my absolute mind oh my god my mental health would not be able to handle being a reality oh my god. star what kind of what kind of edit do you think we were gotten like a jinxy in the background growing excuse you the episode <laughs> or like uh fifio at the hara slowly unraveling i don't know i think i would have just given so many like Okay, now say some, you know, the way they do like one thing good and one thing bad. My like jokey one thing bad things, I would have said such horrible things. <laughs> they would have used all of them. Like, no, I was just kidding. JK. And so I would have inadvertently been a, a villain, but I'm nice, really. Anyhow, reporting for the front lines, it's Annie Pick signing off. Uh, uh, did you guys, uh, did any of our listeners get accepted into season two? Let us know. Uh, well, not, not accepted. Make it through to the next round. What are you doing for your audition tapes? Can I just quickly take it to Corrections Corner? Because Absolutely. first time in uh, Nothing Use in Matters history, I said something that was incorrect. <gasps> and I'm yes. deeply apologizing for it. So in RuPaul's Ruggers UK season one, episode four, The Snatch Game, in our episode, The Lady is Not for Churning, I alleged that the cult classic early 2000s video game, The Neverhood, was created by George Lucas's company, LucasArts, which in real life, it was created by Steven Spielberg, video game company. You're doing amazing. <laughs> I wish you could see how sexy your listening face is. So I'm so sorry if somebody... Who, did someone call you out on that? No. <laughs> oh, you just remember. You just woke up in a cold sweat. And I, I, was, I just... was watching an hour-long uh, video essay about the making of that game and I was like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, it was my choice. Okay, well, you ready to talk some shit about some drag queens? <laughs> For one final time, yes! Uh, <laughs> So, just between us, squirrel friends, what did we think of this episode? What was I thinking of? <laughs> Sing it, Julie. It did leave me... Wanting. Something. <laughs> Good episode back. of TV. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it felt like a, a very empty episode. Well, it felt, yeah. It was like last episode, we felt as if they were struggling to string together an episode of TV. Mm. I almost wish they had somehow combined the last episode and this episode, and maybe it would have been a real episode. And they crowned the parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Sissy Hole, you are the winner of Drag Race UK. <laughs> um, there was just no real conflict. As I said from episode one of this podcast, the Vivian was going to win. Uh, they tried valiantly to make it seem as if Vivina was a strong enough competitor. I wish, I mean, she was, she mm. is, but it was just so clear and aside from that i think all these girls seem lovely uh however you know when you compare it to like bianca del rio courtney act and adore delano sitting around on the last episode of their show kiki, like i could just watch them like kikiing have a laugh or like jinx and alaska and detox or whatever 
I just didn't really want to watch these girls hanging out with each other chatting. So I was like, oh, no one's actually saying anything interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It's because of the lack of the interpersonal dramas throughout the season. Mm. Because I think if there is a lot of drama, it, that really brings us so other people together. So without that, they and were then all, all kind like, of walking alongside each other. And if they all kind of come to like come together at the end, then it feels like, oh, something, you know, oh, it's nice now. We yeah, we see, made it through the storm. Yeah, these girls that were fighting in earlier episodes now get to just hang out without the drama of the competition because they've all made it. Whereas this was just like, ah, we're all very similar drag queens and... <laughs> There's a bit of manufactured drama with the Vivian or with Davina and the Vivian. But it was nothing more than just like they edit the rattling sound effect in. There were so many <laughs> sound effects in this episode where they were trying to create like a moment, and I'm like, eh, nothing's really happening. But yeah, let's talk about this episode. So Cheryl Hole has sissy that sissy hole walk away, <laughs> leaving us with uh, these three. And they're just all chilling out, having a little chill out. <laughs> yes, someone got out the crack pipe. <laughs> I'm going to chill out on the sofas. Someone's like, have you got any shorts, babe? You've got any shorts? <laughs> DJ joking and talking about how this family challenge made them feel. And then Becca is talking about how she dedicates the lip sync just to her mum. Oh, yeah. And I was like, is it because when Amy Winehouse sang, why don't you come on over Valerie? She was thinking about her mother coming over from her other family. <sighs> So I see what you're trying to do there, Maddie, but they lip sync to Tears Day on their own. Oh, <laughs> shit. All my other notes are based on this one thing. <laughs> Every joke this episode <laughs> is a Valerie or a Zootons reference. <laughs> Deep cut to the Zootons original. Oh my God. That song. Fun fact. Uh, when I had a PlayStation Portable, it came with a demo disc that had two music videos on it and nothing else. Oh. And one of them was a Zootons song and the other one was These Words Are My Own from... Uh, these words <laughs> are my own. From Natasha oh. Bedingfield. And have you noticed that all of Natasha Bedingfield's songs are about writing songs? Like, uh, these words. These words are my own, own or uh, unwritten. <laughs> and uh, these are her only two songs. <laughs> They're all well, about write what you know. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, so what was your point? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a bad one. <laughs> so anyway, skipping right along uh, to the next day, RuPaul comes in to announce the main challenge to, 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 to the, the moon. moon. Uh, yes, is to write a verse for that song, uh, Rocket to the Moon. I had no idea that's what it's called. I didn't even realize that was a full song. I, just I didn't even know like, they say the to the moon. moon. Yeah, I, I always thought it was like to, 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 to <laughs> boot. Uh, and they also have to do a little choreo choreographed The most far out choreography of the season, Rue says, which turns out to be well, the far cha-cha, out the tango, <laughs> and the samba. Like, they wow, were far vibrating. out from being good. Um, and yeah, they're going to be trained by Bossy Bottom, AJ Pritchard, <laughs> and his little big brother. <gasps> Who recently came out as bi on Love Island. I heard at the slumber party I was at on Friday. <sighs> Are you a teenage girl? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're all sitting around writing their verses and Baga says she's going to go serious with her verse and I'm like, oh, <laughs> She says she's going to do like a Gaga born this way approach to this challenge and I was like, are you going to steal from Madonna? Is that what's going to happen? But she, no, she's going to steal from Gaga. Oh, I see. That was yeah. your point. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Gaga alone. How dare you? I just find this solution a bit reductive. Reductive? What does that mean? Look it up. <gasps> yeah, finally, <laughs> finally you see what it. I did there. Oh my I god! I can't believe we're, we're all the way to the end of the season. You <laughs> perfectly rounding up this season. Uh, so then the three of them desperately try to talk about something to make a TV show out of this episode, and uh, I mean. 
this challenge was just so repetitive. I mean, they've already done the girl group challenge and the Frog Destroyers nailed that and did an out-of-the-park job. So, I don't know, this just seems so poorly planned. Normally, like in a longer season, there's enough episodes between a kind of musical challenge and then a, a final writing your own lyrics challenge that it seems I feel like, like the new. I feel like the, the girl group challenge was a while ago. It was the six of them. And really? It was the three pro- episodes ago, yeah. Yeah, but it was like so good. Uh, this was just such a disastrous challenge as far as I'm concerned. Spoiler alert for my opinions. That they should have done something else. I don't know. It was just so nothing. I'm not sure. Maybe it's that the, we've seen this formula 11 times uh-huh. already. Are you talking about the whole season? <laughs> <laughs> no, like the final challenge formula. And also every indiv- individual element of this episode was a letdown. The podcasts were shit. The couriers were shit. Those hideous dance costumes were shit. The finale looks were not amazing. You know, like at every point where you could be gagged and like be impressed one last time, I was like, oh. Were you like... No, I was more like... Mother! (laughs) 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 So then we, yeah, unusually, normally there's like a, oh, now they're recording their song and there's, oh, some of them are doing well, some of them aren't. But I guess they're all actually quite good. They're all accomplished singers, so there was probably nothing to, to get yeah. from that recording session. Uh, so we cut straight to uh, What's the Tea with Michelle Visage in the background, Tiny, and RuPaul in the foreground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so funny because like the whole podcast segment starts with Bagger's confessional, and she's just saying, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in the podcast with Ru and Michelle. Let's do this. Like, you can tell they're running out of steam. You know, like, the producers are prompting them to, like, okay, this is going to be... Oh, the, in her confessional. This, yeah, this is going to be the bit. We're going to segue into that part. So bring the excitement. And Baga was like, let's do this. Well, actually, this Baga's interview was the best part of the entire episode, I thought. I thought it was really fascinating the way she reveals that the reason... She had such a fraught relationship with her mother when she came on is that when her mom got a new partner and kids when she was a teenager, Baga was essentially kicked out of the house and had to go live with her gran. And it was really quite heartbreaking to hear Baga making excuses for this child abandonment and make yeah. no mistake, listeners, that's what this was. She fully goes, I'm not saying she's a bad mom, but she abandoned me and <laughs> for another family. I'm like, do I'm you like, hear oh, yourself? Is she also Roxy Andrews' mother? <laughs> But um, yeah, she's just like, oh, there was no room. It was a mutual decision. I'm like, okay, 14-year-olds do not mutually decide to be abandoned by their mother. And then she was like, oh, I'm just used to people being horrible and stuff. And I've got thick skin. I was just like, oh, this is all quite heartbreaking. And And humanizing. But whilst this was happening, and I was touched deeply, I keep being distracted by that Tic Tac installation in the oh, shape the union of union <laughs> yeah. yes. so I was I, like is that a Fabergé egg <laughs> I had so many questions so were there was edible uh, were they like super glued together for oh, the union yeah. they were definitely like spray painted <laughs> but then like place. and because I get that it's an homage to the Tic Tac lunch mm. but then they didn't have that back on the regular U- US podcast episodes I think there is that there was oh sorry wait what was there like a Tic Tac on the podcast episodes back in the podcast US season? episodes? Podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. The okay, po- can we get her a coffee? She is just not with it today. <laughs> in the Wake po- up, Pearl. Wake up. Ow! Oh, okay, okay, I'm here. Okay. You mean oh. the regular US episodes? Yeah, yeah. I think there actually was a similar container just with a pile of Tic Tacs. They just didn't make a thing of it that it was a Tic Tac lunch. Right, okay. It was just a subtle. Uh, it was very distracting. But yeah, then we get this plastic tiara moment where Rue gets up and hugs Baga. And I'm like, this was filmed uh, around the same time as that season, right? So it was before season 11 had come out, this was filmed. Yeah. So 
Rue was giving out hugs left, right, and center. She probably didn't think they were going to be used everywhere, but then that Plastique Tiara moment got such good traction. Do you like, th- throw in another one. Do you think she hugged everyone? Yeah. Do they, do they like variations like hug, kiss, uh, like Athlete. smack on the ass, and like, okay, we just need options for the edit. Just options yeah. for the edit. No, go down on Michelle. <laughs> smack her tits. Motorboat, motorboat <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> Next up is Divina. She really looks so cute and baby-faced in this interview, doesn't she? Yeah. She Sometimes in the workroom, she looks so like haggard because the lighting is so unflattering. And then here, I mean, it's obviously just bad lighting because she looks great here. And yeah. Like, oh. There's been a few episodes when she looked like, you know, when Jenna gets the face peel in 30 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like too high, like the lighting is too high key or whatever, or the... Yeah. Camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the saturation is cranked up. I think the, the f-stop mic. is like up here. And oh, honey, it should be here. <laughs> <laughs> f-stop, more like D go. <laughs> so I'm trying to make dehydrate happen. <laughs> but yeah, back to Davina. I feel like she came off a little bit too much, like focused on this second guessing yourself and taking other people's criticisms too seriously, as if that was her storyline. Yeah, she needed more of a sob story. And we were kind of like, yeah, and we heard it before. And then and she talks about like how Viv is the voice in her head that's basically her inner saboteur. And Rue was like, oh, is Viv really? Do you think that's her strategy to undermine you? And you can tell like Rue is like, I like her more now. <laughs> <laughs> is this the moment where Davina is like, oh, I'm really hard on myself and my husband's really hard yes. on me. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, chilling. Is this another like, yeah. it's like that moment when Ms. Cracker is talking about how her father taught her a valuable lesson when she won the student international competition of whatever and he said now you have to win it again because otherwise everyone will think it was a fluke and i was like oh my god so much trauma in these people's lives and they don't even realize it yeah it almost seems like you have to have trauma to become a drag queen name one drag queen who didn't have trauma in their childhood exactly not me <laughs> ask my therapist take not, my wife yeah i had childhood trauma and i don't i'm not even a drag queen that's childhood trauma going to waste at this point during the podcast recordings, I noticed that Michelle didn't get a single word in, more or less. She just sits really there like... a lot a- to say, didn't she? Well, she was, like, really interested in Baga, and she was kind of, you know, goading Davina, as you said, to try to get her to say more. Yeah. But then the Vivian comes out and claims that What's the Tea was instrumental in changing her life. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and RuPaul asks her, did you live your life in a K-hole? And I was like, do you mean the karaoke <laughs> place underneath... <laughs> By Voodoo Rays. Voodoo Rays. Um, but no, the Vivian is like, yeah, I could have three bags of it just putting my face on. I was like, girl, what? One bump of that and I'm being dragged out of East Block and tossed in the gutter behind it by the police station. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, True story. Because <laughs> ketamine is never like the main dish for me on a druggy night out. That's just like a little side order. So I always fascinated by people who like, there's their main thing. And also isn't ketamine like the vaping of the drug world? <laughs> Like the healthy option. Sure, as long as you don't need a bladder in future. <laughs> uh, so Michelle then asks a really clunky question and says, do you think we represented all the British types of drag well? And Viv's like, oh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> three of us are basically the same. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't think you understand the premise of the question. It was so weird that they sh- needed to ask this question. But it's so clear they haven't. Just was- stay away from the topic. It was just unusual that they bothered asking that question. And then also leaving the answer in when she literally is like, oh, me and Baga, we all of us basically yeah. do the same thing. <laughs> it was so... And I get it, you know, maybe, maybe they're thinking, okay, if we have a really old school, brassy, you know, common as muck 
season of Drag Race, then no one can say, oh, you're just having the Americanized girls, blah, blah, blah. You know, typical seasidey British, you know, provincial yeah, totally. season of Drag Race <laughs> shade. Uh, and now maybe they can get a bit more diverse and a bit more interesting with their casting. That'd be really great. Yeah. Party. <laughs> <laughs> so... We move on to the rehearsal segment where choreography. The... <laughs> Our queens are welcomed by AJ and his little brother Curtis. Mm. When they started dancing together, I instinctively reached for a tube of lube and a box of Kleenex because <laughs> I thought, honey, I accidentally <laughs> logged on to xvideos.com. <gasps> but on the flip side, is this oh, the I kind think of they flip, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that was one time! Yes! <laughs> also, is this the kind of clues that straight people wear nowadays? Like, uh, who was straight in this what? selection of drag queens and dancers? Wait, is AJ gay? Yeah! Oh. Isn't he? I don't of course know. he is. Well, then why did he wear those hideous clothes? I mean, this is pretty typical of like skinny jeans and an awful nonsense H&M t-shirt. This is what gays dress like. Oh, where? Haven't you been out in Soho? Oh, no, you haven't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to leave East London. <laughs> but then I got excited when AJ was like, well, let's bring in the partners, will we? And I was like, ooh, yeah, man candy. And then the dancers came in. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, they asked the queens if they have any like previous dance experience. And then they're like, we want to see your dance styles. And Divina is like, this is my dance style. And she does like a really slow split down to the ground. And I was like, that's not a dance style. He just did a split. <laughs> what are you talking about? Let me about? do the Katya. Uh, and then what follows is some total nonsense where he's like, I mean, I guess it was meant to be a Strictly Come Dancing kind of crossover Homage, yeah. thing. But he's like, you're going to be learning the tango. And Bag is like, oh. <laughs> and then he's like, do you actually know what the tango is? Shade rattle, <laughs> uh, explosion sound effect, <laughs> yeah. toilet sound effect. It was just like, bitch, you're meant to be teaching them this shit. Why the... Why would any of them need to know any of these dances? Yeah, and later on, like, the Viv, like, do you know what the samba is? And she's like, no. And then it's, like, again, the same, like, 10 sound effects, <laughs> 10 confessionals about, like, <laughs> well, they just didn't know what the samba... Who cares? Yeah, and then they... Just the sound of mixing those three musical styles in with then the fourth style of, like, dance music of RuPaul's song. It was just so jarring and awful. So, yes, Baga's doing the tango, Davina's doing the cha-cha, and the Vivian is doing the samba... And this just felt so dated and horrible, and uh, I was not into it at all. But it just it felt really shoehorned into this segment. Like I'm afraid I've already used the word shoehorned, and uh, it's all used up for this episode. Uh, boot pegged. <laughs> I love that's my favorite <laughs> sex. That's my new favorite sexual fetish. Boot pegging. Anyway, makeup mirror. Blah blah blah. It's time to <laughs> take, take it, it to the, the runway. Runway. Run 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 runway. Cha cha cha. Oh boy. Rue walks down the wrong way in this, uh, let's call it a dress. <laughs> I, I just. And he calmed down, calmed down. It looked, it looked like somebody, it looked like she put on the gown she was meant to wear and was like, oh fuck, it burst. Let's run something up in a sewing machine quickly out of this like <laughs> discarded Christmas tablecloth. Uh, I don't know. This was just such a disaster. I don't, it felt like like a fashion student on the first year of a portfolio course, like uh, creating a toile, not the finished garment. This like a wait, like part of a waistcoat that I made when I was in first year in art school. Oh, you studied garment making? I just did a one little session. I made a, a gold waistcoat with a 
purple mink trim, which looking back now was one of the most hideous <laughs> things I've ever worn. <laughs> this just looks like, I mean, it's got the mismatched st- straps again, like she had before. So this is obviously intentional. And it just makes her tits look so splayed and uneven. It's such a weird design choice. And then, I mean, girl, Delta Work must have a voodoo doll in a basement somewhere with a bunch of hideous <laughs> wigs pinned to your head. Because this teeny tiny loaf balancing on top of your head... Uh, looks so bad. I mean, if the hair and makeup had been flawless, this dress would have been like, oh yeah, whatever. It's just a sparkly dress. Sure, yeah. But because your eye was like, I need something beautiful to look at, and there was nothing to look at. Because it was not. It was a teeny tiny hair loaf, and yeah. I was like, if you do hair loaf, it better be fucking huge. Oh, this looked like the top one out of three that Eureka yeah. O'Hara would wear. <laughs> yes. Oh, not that I ever give any props to Eureka O'Hara. So Alan and Kramer, <laughs> they're resplendent in green and gold. Gray and Rue had this cute back and forth about him being fully tugged, which I very <laughs> much appreciated. He like kept building on it. Normally, like she gets the last laugh, and he kept yeah on topping her. <laughs> but he never, I bet he's never done that before. <laughs> so category is final three: eleganza extravaganza. But uh, first, <laughs> toot 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 to the moon, rocket to the moon. Well. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Can we just keep singing the song instead of looking at this? Oh, God. The first thing that hits us like a rock (laughs) is the outfits. And not only that they are just super hideous, that Baga is just wearing a gold color while the other two is wearing like a sky blue one. Oh, instant headache. And it wasn't just my influenza. I mean, who styled this? Do they have a choice in what to wear? I don't think so. I think this was handed to them from what the other queens left behind. <laughs> and some of Ariel Versace's leftover wigs. <laughs> but why were two of them in blue and Baga in gold? Was like, well, you're not getting into the top two, <laughs> so we're going to mark you out. Well, my only possible explanation was that in the end when they lined up for like the final dance move, Baga was in the middle, so like symmetry, but then... But no. then they needed to be in that order on the stage at all times. Otherwise, it just looked a damn mess, which it did. And then the boys were dressed in silver. It was like silver next to gold, next to shimmering blue. And then Davina's hideous hair. <laughs> I just... And then uh, the Vivian's has a cutout on her stomach. She looks like a drag Care Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and the tinsel fringe decorate like oh oh <laughs> the dress is just like flapper disaster this was the first red flag of how <laughs> this yes how this challenge was gonna go so baga is leading the way with her giant open mouth and her direct born this way gaga homage slash ripoff goes a little something like this listen to nobody else let's be yourself Hetero, bisexual, trans, or gay. And she just erases lesbians. No, no, no. She actually said lesbian. No, she didn't. I listened to it. I again. subtitled it. No, the, sub- the subtitling is incorrect. I listened to but it. But I googled the lyrics and okay. it's... Yeah, I know. Nope, she nope. says, let's be yourself. No, so doesn't she... Lesbian, your... <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Non-binary lesbian. She says, nobody. Let's be Non-binary lesbian. She does not. <laughs> you think Bagger's thinking about non-binary? Give me a break. She's the fucking Tory. Uh, no, I Google the lyrics. And the BBC are not going to, like, miss... Un, are gonna, not gonna okay, you might be accidentally right. subtitle it wrong. She submitted her lyrics to them. She sings, let's be yourself. Because later she sang, she sings, let's yourself go. It was like, okay. Uh, well, that is an expression, but... Maybe, no. you're, or maybe you're right. I'm not a, I'm not a linguist. Ling, uh, you're not a ling, cunning linguist. Linguini. But if you are going to lump together gays and lesbians under gay, why didn't she just sing queer? You know, it's very easy to rhyme things with queer. Sheer. 
Fear. Uh, yart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was giving me very like, she's doing the cha-cha, real dead-eyed. It was very Miss Vanjie in the final challenge. Totally, but the thing is, because she was focusing so much on these unnecessarily complicated dance moves that don't look spectacular. Mm. I think we've mentioned before that the Frog Destroyers is very simple, like, you know, three-move choreo. was uh-huh. so much more impressive on stage than any of these, like, solo dance Yeah, routines. I'm really getting sick of these final numbers where it's like, it's the most intense choreo. I'm like, well, that's not what drag is about. You don't need to fucking learn drag. You need to have fabulous, like I said before, when I was giving out about certain <laughs> club nights, uh, just having, like, dead-eyed choreo and no, like drag moment where people come forward. You know, there needed to be like moments created the way there were in, I don't know, Read You Wrote You where everyone got like a little solo where they were actually getting to play around. Well, I guess that was like intense choreography, but... But then it really felt like the choreography was composed alongside their verse. Exactly. Like, and, you know, and also like what the person was capable of. Was like, yeah. Okay, you can do the splits. We're going to work. I mean, they did it with Davina, but it was but so messy. Is, <gasps> and Davina's was like so complicated. We could never see her face because she's just doing like two splits and then does like a backflip. But there's this ridiculous moment where she's doing like these assisted splits across the stage where the dancers are dropping her to the floor, but the dancer is standing in front of her. So the camera can't show Davina doing the splits and it's just this mess terrible choreography shame on you AJ uh, I've forgotten his name Pittman AJ uh, Cook oh no that's Charlie's producer Pritchard fight the real enemy (laughs) AJ Pritchard's the real enemy in this case (laughs) so To the Moon is a great song on its own it's fun it's high energy I mean it's literally just that that, those are the only lyrics to to, to, to the moon and then just a beat (laughs) I don't know the 22nd of it they play at the end no but yeah I've listened to it before I think that's pretty much it but I hated the way it segued into their verses, this cowbell breakdown. Like, it's like, stop everything. Yeah, stop the music. Oh, there goes the energy. Uh-oh. And then all of them had this horrible, like, you know, like on an auto keyboard, like, oh, play samba. You know, yeah. tinny, fakey music. It was all in all just really disappointing. Not a spectacular end to the season. Not a spectacular the first ever season of RuPaul's Drag Race season one UK edition. Mm. The Viv's verse sounded most like like an actual song. Like, I think she kind of nailed her part. Yeah. And the Vivian pulls this Monet exchange bit where she fakes the backflip. And I'm like, oh, you're yeah, we doing saw stuff that. other people have done. Cool. And also, the Vivian... Give her the crown. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they all did a great job and great energy. And it's not their fault that the choreography was horrible. But was it their fault that they all looked like absolute shit? Gentle listeners, do you yeah, know? We need to know because there is no excuse for these outfits. No. Absolutely abhorrent. I can remember when I did drag back in 2015. No. The <laughs> methadone. <laughs> so, final three runway. Baga comes down the runway. In Cheryl Hall's wig. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. she said it's Cheryl Hall's oh, wig. Really? <laughs> she left behind. No way. Oh, my God. For her. Okay, acting. well, immediately minus 10 points. Did she wear anything good of her own this season? She took Davina's outfit for Snatch Game. She took Cheryl's wig for the final runway. <laughs> I mean, I guess she said on the podcast that she wasn't expecting to make it past episode three, so she probably didn't bring enough looks. And, you know, she is not a look queen. We, like, she established that very well. <laughs> oh yeah and it's cemented in all our minds forever but yeah she comes down in this baby blue sequin dress that's sort of kaftani golden girlsy very Betty White as Rue says with shades of your nan dressing up as Marilyn Monroe or something <laughs> what I appreciated that it felt very like her like she felt mm. comfortable in it and yes yeah, so it did look comfortable <laughs> like you could wear it with a pair of slippers <laughs> it was cute for bag of those nice and glitzy and fun and simple but for a top three Crown me, I'm the queen of fucking everything. This was not 
the one. Mm. Listen up, hon, you're not the one. So then Davina DeCampo comes down the wrong way. And I'm just going to say it. I hate this hair color. <laughs> I just don't think it works on anyone, no one, neither drag woman or beast. I mean, I think with a poison ivy look, it is maybe the only acceptable use of this color for Halloween. The only people who can pull this hair color off are Eastern Europeans who come to the UK and then work as cleaners. Okay, I think you're allowed to say that. Uh, <laughs> so, and yeah, so Davina's coming down the runway, you get this close-up of her face. And for some reason, when she was doing her To The Moon makeup, she was painting like a gray and white uh, blended eye. And here she's just like smeared some metallic red eyeshadow on top. Uh, such a muddy mess. Totally. I didn't realize, but we were watching it together. And you pointed out like, she probably had like 10 minutes to upgrade her makeup from the dance to this. And she just like smeared more over it. And that's how it feels. It feels like... You know when you don't stop yourself in time and just keep adding things on top I of it? I know very well <laughs> how that feels. <laughs> well, better take it all off and just put on a lip and a lash. Not tonight, though. You look simple oh, yet elegant. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I've got these feathered lashes on with individual tiny Swarovskis on the tips. I think they really so catch sparkly. the light beautifully. Yeah. Mm, so yeah, then there's Davina's gown, which... I mean, if you're going to have this big high breastplate, you don't want your hideous huge wig spilling into it like you're some kind of ice cream cone. <laughs> I, I don't know. The visual of this just was not cute for me. Because the idea is cute, I guess, a deconstructed Union Jack flag. But then the deconstruction itself was a bit like... This a, needs to be deconstructed, hot. honey. <laughs> Thrown on the fire. I mean, this is just like where Davina's taste level is questionable. She's a bit of a Cameron Michaels. It's like for every fabulous maleficent bitch queen demon look that she can pull out, there's everything else Cameron Michaels wore, <laughs> which was trash. But you know what? I, I think I would love this dress if it was in different colors. Like if it doesn't emulate the, you know, the Union Jack. And a Imagine, different fabric. It looked so like heavy. No, the thing is white in this like somewhat shiny fabric just doesn't look good. It feels mm. like a like a, a tablecloth at a wedding. Well, yeah, it does look very tablecloth-y. It just looks so cheap, and yet I'm sure it costs loads of money. And it's just, it's like thick material, so it's not hugging your body. It's a little bit like ruched up and like creased in places and looks kind of uncomfortable. Which is a shame because I feel like with the fabulous finale look, I would have believed the illusion for longer that mm. she has the chance to win. Well, it's kind of like, have you seen Jerry Halliwell's like big You mean gang? Jerry? I'm so sorry. You know Jerry's like big... Wait, Jerry who? <laughs> <laughs> Don't joke about that. Um, the thing she wore... Well, the only reason I know it exists is because Pete May did like a version of it on her Instagram, but... Uh, sorry, just me. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm working, working on eggshells with these millennials. Um, <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> Anyhow, Jerry did this big ornate gown for, I guess, the final moment on the Spice Girls World Tour. It reminded me of that kind of vibe. Right. But yeah. I just think if, if Davina had made this out of, you know, non-shiny, just like a nice, clingy, figure-hugging fabric, it could have been really fabulous. Or if she rips it up and there is an EU flag dress under it. Ooh, or she rips it off and she's got like Jerry Halliwell's little slutty Brit Awards. Yeah. Underneath. Yeah. Or she just rips stuff and throws it in the trash. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyhow, if there was any chance she was going to win, I think this gown booted her out of the top position. <laughs> so then last up, it's the Vivian in this pastel. Glenda the Good Witch, uh, Dolly Parton ish. <laughs> Dolly Parton me. This is not as padded as Detox is. 
Oh, it is a little bit Detox the All-Stars finale, but not as good. Although Detox's wasn't that good either. I thought this was perfectly fine. Her makeup and hair was absolutely flawless. Stunning. That wig is amazing. Her makeup is amazing. She's wearing this kind of nude blush gown that's all covered in shinies. And she's got lots of beautiful jewelry. But it was just a little bit... It needed to be just like a little bit bigger. Yes, that's the only if if like if a the train or yeah, if there is like a course, the skirt needed to be bigger. Yeah, like crinoline. If there's like a crinoline under it, just mm. making it poofier, it would have been so much more striking. It was very beautiful, but because it's such a muted color, you don't have that like pow effect from it. Yeah, if it had had some just little pop of something or a cape or uh, I don't know, uh, but it was cute. But again, it wasn't, I'm the queen of fucking everything. I mean, considering she walked in in such a fierce look, and she's had so many interesting looks, I was really thinking, oh, the Vivian's going to, like, knock this out of the park. And instead, she went for simple and refined and pretty, and that's fine. But this gown kind of looks like something a real girl could wear to her prom or whatever. Quinceanera. Sure. Her (laughs) baptism. (laughs) Um, So... mm, Where's that uh, sad trombone sound effect? That's for the wrong way altogether. Absolutely. And this episode. <laughs> and maybe this season. This top three. <laughs> Drag race in general. You know what? I'm over it. <laughs> so Rue asks the queen the question, why should you win and not one of your competitors? And these are so boring. Yeah, I don't have any notes. <laughs> so then we get a little mini untucked and all the other girls are back. And the best part of this is when Baga goes, and we're all going to be friends forever. And Crystal goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, yes. Crystal. We miss you. Crystal has left the group chat. <laughs> that was fun. I like when Blue tried to spark drama. Yeah. She, <laughs> she's like, well, I still don't know if I should have been lip syncing that episode. And she's like, JK. <laughs> <laughs> but then the returning queens get to do a runway. Shall we bash through them quickly? So first down the runway, it's Gothy Candle, Gothy Candle, Gothy Candle. Serving a very like pearl-esque look. Mm, yeah, this ice white negligee, feathered glamour look. This is really gorgeous. She looked beautiful. It was nice to see her look again. Totally. Did um, we need her on this season of Drag Race? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Up next is Scarity Cat. Full pink Harajuku girl fantasy. Love the giant bow on the back. Love the booty tail on the heels. Ooh, ponytail on the heels. Bow. Bo. Oh, booty tail. <laughs> Sounds like ponytail. All <laughs> oh, right. Vinegar strokes. Baga said, Vinegar, you don't look hodgepodge this episode. And I have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, taste level. It's like, okay, you invested a lot of money in a fuckload of tool and then for some reason fashioned it into a diaper and like a pair of <laughs> wings it was so unflattering the way her tits were out again i'm like did you learn nothing from your hideous zombie apocalypse newspaper hurricane <laughs> gown it kind of feels like she's wearing those inflatable like safety water wings things. Yeah. yeah i love that she hasn't given up on her trend of making like gasping panting and noises on the runway she comes out and makes her <laughs> own gasp sound effect she's like oh, aren't i amazing and the answer is <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, something Wong. Yeah, this is yeah. yeah. yeah she's in like a kimono. It's like a kimono. Kimono. Mm, yeah, it's all like blush pinks. Yeah, I don't know. I wa- whatever. <gasps> then the bitch is back as Crystal. In this head to toe mint. Mm, well, head to upper shin. <laughs> she's wearing big black boots with it. What did you think of the boots with this? I feel like that's your kind of thing. 
Oh, love it. I love chunky boots. Chunky boots for everyone. Mm. Chunky boots for president. She's wearing this hot, slutty latex mint number and then this sexy feathered gown. Her chest hair is just full frontal. Mm. My favorite thing of the whole look, though, is that fabulous wig. Yeah, obsessed. And I love the minty barn doors as well. It's just... <laughs> barn doors. Garage doors. Aren't they barn doors? Garage doors. You mean her eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was barn doors. It was but garage doors. And either way, they don't. it's not a real thing. <laughs> it's just something. <laughs> Everything converts in my head into like a farmyard reference. <gasps> Y'all ready for the barn dance? <laughs> Next up is Blue Hydrangea and this High Camp Scarlet O'Hara fantasy. Uh, I really enjoy this. Her wigs, like, I don't know, Paul Revere. <laughs> Some, it looks like a tricorner hat as a wig. It's kind of <laughs> fabulous. Yeah, I love the little peekaboo detail on the huge crinoline skirt. Mm, these boots all the way up to her thighs. All the colors are right. It's like 50 shades of blue. Mm, uh, and then Cheryl Hall comes out in this pink big bird <laughs> thing. Yeah, well, she's like, uh, it's like a pink trimmed vajazzle. She kind of unveils into a bejeweled bodysuit. Again, it's kind of just like a pink trimmed bodysuit. I'm not sure why people seem to go wild for this. But it was cute. It had a reveal. We haven't really seen any real reveals this season, so we have to take what we get. <laughs> hey, I'm still living for Vinegar's... Let me just check my notes to remind me what her name was. Vinegar Strokes' double wig reveal to new rules. <laughs> Into a toupee. <laughs> <laughs> so bag is eliminated. Good riddance. She squeezes in. One I feel more. much better. Much better for Okay, the thank you. We've heard this enough. And Davina and Daviv have to lip sync to I'm Your Man by Wham. Terrible lip sync choice. Literally, probably one of the worst lip sync songs on the RuPaul I know, it's such like an end of the night wedding song. Couldn't they get Freedom 90 or Faith? I would have even been happy with Too Funky and at least they could have just like catwalked the whole way through it. But yeah, this song just has no edge. There's no way to like weave a lip sync story. It was just so like blah and nothing and repetitive. There is no clear lead vocal. It's like mm. there's like three, four vocal tracks so that blend in together. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell which one they're meant to lip sync to. Mm. Oh, uh, well. Uh, and it's also going on for ages. Usually they edit the lip sync songs down to like a minute and a half. Yeah. But I feel like this is like not the radio edit, but like the 12 inch like DJ oh. remix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just on Grindr. <laughs> um, anyway, the Vivian wins. Half a zigzag after the Vivian. <laughs> I mean, congratulations. She truly was the winner for me this season. Uh, her looks are on point. She kind of has an interesting story. And then Crystal posted on Instagram that, like, they tried to give the Viv the villain edit, but apparently she's, like, the nicest, friendliest oh, person in real well, life. that's good to hear. And if Crystal says something, I'll do it. Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> she's not listening anymore she's been, <laughs> she's been eliminated maybe she listened to this episode since she's in it hey Crystal do you think you're too good for us now stop, hey. <laughs> stop. we're still trying to get her on the show so um, who were your top looks of the series I mean aside from everything Crystal wore uh, Crystal 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 <laughs> I did love uh, Davina's horse races look totes that was just so tasteful and all the colors I usually like and I would wear it as a boy. Mm, agreed. Uh, I love looks that you can like wear for any you know gender role. Oh, totally. My main aim for 2020 is to transition my drag and my personal uh, style, personal style into like one uh, terrifying just <laughs> melange, <laughs> just tra- 
nude colored bodysuits all year long. Oh, uh, it's hard to get my alabaster skin tone in a bodysuit, darling. <laughs> what were your favorite looks of the season? Yeah, well, I did like the Vinibians walk in uh, she devil look. And I appreciated Davina's sort of eye patch spy eye patch <laughs> look. And Blue Hydrangea's one eyeball look. I think these were like oh, interesting yeah. looks on the runway. Um, obviously, Crystal bring it to you every ball. I'm not sure what my favorite look of hers was. Potentially, I love like, the Goddess vampire. of Balance. Uh, uh, the Goddess of Balance. <laughs> so <laughs> the trash like yeah, di- dragon or dime one. Yeah, that was fabulous. Also, the like post-apocalyptic grinding her pussy. With <gasps> oh the yeah, iconic. That was good. Uh, so yeah, some really cute looks from this season. We'll be forever wearing dots under our eyes and forever be Team Crystal. Can't wait for All Stars or the UK versus US edition. I hope she gets cast. Yeah, she really is the true winner of this season for me. And as Princess Peach said in Mario Golf, you won this whole. <laughs> but more accurately, the real winner is the Vivian and also Bag of Chips who did you see they're starring in a World of Wonder production together as Margaret Thatcher and Donald Trump oh that's what we kind of predicted Mm -hmm. I mean the Vivian says that's not the show that she won this is like something extra oh right right. so it's like an extra fuck you to Davina it's like the top three and the one who got eliminated gets their show but uh, not you Davina bye well I watched the trailer for that like Donald Trump Margaret Thatcher YouTube show and it's just not funny. It's not funny. And also, like, worryingly kind of, like, making them appear charming and cute and fun. It's like, where's the bit where you stick the knife in and make fun of them? It was just like, oh, aren't we cheeky? It's like, no, you're two of the greatest monsters of history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't they laugh, though? Anyway, good for Baga. <laughs> I'm sure the Tories are going to do great in the next election. <laughs> she's going to be fucking delighted. <laughs> I've come back around to claiming she's a Tory. <sighs> so that's that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yes, well, uh, some housekeeping before we log off for 2019. Uh, if you ordered your Nothing You Say Matters exclusive limited edition t-shirt, it should be winging its way to you as we speak. Indeed. And yes, if you've enjoyed being on this journey with us, why don't you pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and write us a little review. Really helps. And I'm sure people will be clamoring to listen to a podcast all about UK season one of Track Race <laughs> months after it's aired. Uh, but don't worry, we won't be gone for long. We'll be back in 2020 with new, more refined, more fabulous, more dangerous, more raunchy, more risky. Are you talking about my sex life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, our guests. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, if you want to get involved, please write in with your questions, comments. Write in with your guest suggestions, although we have most of them in mind as it is. So stay off my podcast. It's my <laughs> podcast. I get to decide who our guests are. Okay. <laughs> Can I come? Yeah. Who, who's that? Who said that? <laughs> who said that? <gasps> Annie, one last time. Say something that matters to you this week. Oh, I kind of have a couple of things. So my thing this week is another podcast, just in case you get lonely without me and Maddie and need something to listen to. Uh, and uh, you've really re-listened to all our old episodes like three, four times. Oh, Absolutely. John Cameron Mitchell, who wrote and directed Hedwig and the Angry Inch and Short Bus and is, and is an actor and an uh, interesting person, has released a new podcast series called Anthem, colon, <laughs> called Anthem Homunculus. It's over on Luminary, another podcast app. And um, it's just this beautiful, fascinating story that he's created. It's kind of, he's imagined like 
him the main character is sort of a version of himself had he never left his hometown um which is some backwater in the states and uh he's just got all these amazing musical guests he's got patty lupone glenn close um there's tons of music in every episode but it's also just a really bizarre fascinating story and there's lots of fantasy sequences and it's so brilliantly produced and beautifully made and the story is so intriguing i'm only a couple of episodes in and you can listen to the first two episodes are free but then you can also you know do a trial for luminary for the first month and you can totally just listen to all 10 episodes in that trial oh, period nice. and not give your money to anyone <laughs> fuck you john cameron mitchell um but yeah i really recommend it go check it out so Maddie, say something that matters to you this week so just recently grimes the musical artist grimes mm-hmm. has been the guest on sean sean carroll's mindscape podcast which is a science podcast but with grimes they talk a lot about artificial intelligence and how that's going to affect the art world moving forward they talk a lot about her like songwriting process and it's just very fascinating they're both he is very knowledgeable and she's very crazy (laughs) uh what a combination but has like a very beautifully weird mind that is just really pleasant to listen to but Mm. also kind of alarming because she just lays it out as it is and like her vision of the future isn't very hopeful but uh it's a really great episode mm. to listen to well there you go listeners two podcasts to stuff in your ear holes to fill the holes that maddie and i's holes are leaving <laughs> <laughs> uh what was that called mindscape <laughs> yeah sean carl's mindscape oh and mine was john cameron mitchell's anthem homunculus on the luminary network Oh, yes. Well, my other thing was my friend James just recommended this song to me and this song is a special place in our hearts. And also, let me just hit play here. What better way to end a podcast about drag queens than with a little bit of Judy Garland mm. to take you into the new year, listeners. So, Maddie, One last time. Well, well we, we got, got it! it. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Nothing You Say Matters and follow me at AnniePixOfficial. And me at Matthias Vashitsa. And please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Leave us five stars. And leave us a review. It really helps. Cover photo by Annie Picks. Graphic design by Matty Vashitsa. Theme song by Matty Vashitsa. Episode edited, produced, and executive produced by Annie Picks and Matty Vashitsa. Nothing You Say Matters is not associated with Drag Race UK, World of Wonder Productions, or The Glory. Like, rate, subscribe.